Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn and has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. is no secret that my top manifesting hack is my daily use of subliminal audios. I mean, mostly because I'm lazy and I get to manifest in my sleep. What a goddamn dream. Who wouldn't love it? Subliminal messaging has been around for years. The Guardian published an article back in 2007 stating that scientists have found that subliminal messages leave a mark on the brain. And that's why everyone from Apple to Coca-Cola have infamously used it in their advertising campaigns. Subliminal stimuli are any sensory stimuli below a person's threshold for conscious perception, i.e. you think you're just listening to a relaxing piece of music, but boom, there are hundreds, if not thousands, thousands of powerful statements and affirmations beneath the music that you can't hear with your conscious brain. These affirmations can have distinct impacts on people's thoughts and behaviour. Choose from a range including perfect health, wealth and success, beauty and confidence, fertility, weight loss, meet your soulmate, peaceful and present parent, happy kids and so much more. Easily download onto your phone or live stream when exercising, cooking dinner, in the bath or my personal favourite as you go to sleep as part of your daily mindset practice. Go to francescaamber.com to get yours. Hi everyone. As always, I'm going to be 100% honest with you. I fucked up. I saved this interview and this file in the wrong format and I cannot edit it because you girl don't know how to use fucking garage band. Obviously, oh, I've tried and tried. So I'm just going to have to give it to you raw, unedited. I hope you enjoy it. Forgive any little um, shoddiness and I promise <laughs> I'm going to learn how to do this properly in the future. Okay, bye. Hello and welcome back to Law of Attraction Changed My Life. Today we have a guest, you know him from Celebsco Dating, Married at First Sight, but most famously he was on Law of Attraction Changed My Life, this very podcast. It is of course Paul Brunson. You love him, say hello. <laughs> <laughs> most famously, yes. I, can, I, can I say this? You have some hardcore, uh, I won't even call them fans, like community members. Disciples? <laughs> maybe, maybe. I mean, a lot reached out uh, to me directly and said that they really adored the conversation that we had. Um, and it really inspired them, you know, to want to live a better life. So I think that's that's incredible. It's really it cool. is. Do you know what? As listeners go, they are incredible every day my not to brag but my dms are flooded with messages from people just saying this has literally changed my life and I wish I could reply to them all I'm sure you feel this way but I just I read them all but I just can't I can't reply but um yeah it's incredible and they loved this episode which is why you had to come back for part two to talk about your speciality which is love (laughs) that is that's your thing isn't it really uh, you, you know, that, that's a real, that in itself is a really good question because I think that, um, you know, relationships, whether they be platonic or romantic, 
you know, or professional. I think that really is my thing. And love is wrapped in inside of that. Yes. Well, I mean, you are married at first sight. You are on Celebs Go Dating. You did write a book called, I can't remember what it's called, (laughs) Paul's Guide to Long and Lasting Love. (laughs) Something like that. That was the best. You wrote a book. I don't know what it's called, but you wrote a book. (laughs) Look, I won't have anyone say that I don't do my research. You did a book. It was something about love. Um, But you are our expert. And so do you know what? I feel like a little bit of a fraud because I don't know. Just before we started recording this, Paul said that he did do a little bit of stalking on me. And I don't know if you saw, but. A lot of people follow me because of the way I met my ex-husband. I manifested him. I put him on a vision board and I met him three and a half years after I put him on a vision board. But he did turn out to be gay. Let's not forget that massive uh, blockage there. Um, And so a lot of people follow me because they want to find love. The people that follow this podcast are a lot of women in sort of like their 20s and 30s. And I feel like the biggest fraudster ever because I can manifest financial things I can manifest you know I'm a single mother I work two days a week and I've bought my second home do you know what I mean like I can manifest shit like that but when it comes to love I am no good because I have some real blockages and I need your help see you say you're no good right you say this but I think that's really where it begins you know you and and you because you you and I I think we connect on law of attraction right so this whole notion of you have to believe first in order to conceive it, right? And I think that you verbalizing that I'm no good in love, right? So many people do this, in particular, so many women do this and say, oh, you know what? I'll never find the right one. I'll never get married. I'll never find, I'm no good, right? I have a bad selector. And as a result, it does materialize. So I truly believe it starts with self and you have to change the language. And you yes. have to now say, no, I actually, not only am I great in love, but I deserve love. And when you start saying that, and then you believe it, I truly know it, it then happens. Uh, you, do you know what? You're so right. We've just been, so you know, I do this book club. Our most recent book is Super Attractor by Gabby Bernstein. And she says that every morning when you wake up, you say a mantra to yourself yes. without even realizing it. And your mantra might be, I'm so fat. I hate my job. And actually I'm walking around with this mantra that says I am an independent single mother. I can do shit by myself. I don't need anyone. But that in itself is it, it's creating this reality that maybe I need to be careful of because I do want love. I don't want to be the only adult in my goddamn house watching <laughs> You should see my Netflix, what my most recent watched is. It's fucking PJ Masks. It's Gabby's Dream House. It's not shit that I want to watch. Like It is tough being the only adult in a house full of children. Do you know what I mean? And, and I think it's time to change this mantra. I'm open to it, but I'm very aware of my love blockages. So here's where I am with this, right? Let me give you a little bit of background. So I I got married for six years. It was a very negative controlling relationship. And then since then, I've been on this path of just being really fiercely independent and being really proud of being single and being proud of being a single mother. And that's all great. And I realize I've done lots of work and I've realized that where this has all come from is when I was younger, my mum and dad's relationship was horrendous, horrendous. Like I wouldn't wish my dad on my worst enemy. He needs to work on himself a lot. And when they got divorced, when I was about 11, my mum, to me, suddenly turned into this amazing person who never really had friends, never really went out. And suddenly she had all these single mum friends. We suddenly had all these parties at the house with all these other kids that I'd never met before. And it really was like this amazing community. And we had about three or four years of that where it was incredible to me as an 11 year old. That was incredible. And then she met this boyfriend who is probably equally as toxic as my dad. Like very, very, I've had a very, very tough time with this. Having somebody come into my life at the age of like 13, 14, incredibly racist. And, you know, at 18, I had a black boyfriend and he called me a prostitute because I had a black boyfriend, Was did lots of awful things. And my mum kind of stood by and let this stuff happen. And so, and I remember once she said to me, if you're old and ugly, you take what you can get. It's better than being alone. And I remember thinking like, wow. wow. Okay. And I feel like I reckon. So, so basically in my little, like, what am I a teenage mind? I can see being with a partner equals bad 
being single equals fun mum. You get to have a pet dog. She says yes to you buying a horse. She says yes. Do you know what I mean? Like it equals fun. And even now as a 36 year old, even though I recognize that that's where that's imprinted on my mind, I can't get over it. I can't move past that. How do you, how do you move past that shit? Mm, let's, let's talk about it. That's, I'd say when you said that, I got chills thinking, I, I can almost see right, a woman or a man saying that, right? This whole notion of, I feel so less, right? I have no self-esteem. I have no self-love and therefore I will accept anything. And I think we even talked about it last time is that the higher your boundaries, right? The higher quality of life you have. But in yeah. order to hold on to those boundaries, you need to first have that self-esteem and self-love. But listening to your story, I think we need to actually go back further. You talked about the teenage mind, right? You talked about your mother and father as you as being, you know, maybe six, seven years old. But let's go back to your earliest recognition of love. So who was that from? Was that from mom or was that from dad? Oh, definitely my mom. Yeah. Okay. All right. So now, how old are you? Tell me, what's the earliest time that you that you can recollect love from your mother? Oh, my God. I can't think of a specific time. She was very, very present. She was very, um, yeah, she was very loving. Like, we never were left with babysitters or anything like that. She was always there. But I, God, Paul, I don't know. Um, hang on, it's coming. Okay, yeah, I could, I could, I could see it. I could see you thinking. We'll be back after a quick break. Hi, this is Ross, the host of Smells Like Humans. Each week, we talk about the curious things that people do. Fans say it's like hanging out with your funny friends. If you like lighthearted conversation, personal stories, and a hint of psychology chances are we are discussing something relevant to you like relationships dreams phobias weddings work cults a hundred topics and counting sometimes silly sometimes serious but always fun please join us because no matter who you are we all smell like humans please click the link in the show notes what i guess just my, oh God, is it bad that I'm struggling to think of something specific? No, no, no. It's, it's not bad. But the reason why I want you to think of something specific is because oftentimes what we do is we live through uh, pictures or, you know, photos. We live through stories of others. And then we basically we've, 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 uh, we've altered history. You know what I mean? Because right. it actually happened that way. It's very important for you to be able to go back to yourself as a little, little, little girl and to be able to really think about what love was like. And I'll, t- and, and, and I want to, I'll go in a certain place in a second, but I, first I want you to really recollect this. So, you know, it was from your mom, right? Uh, but at that time, your mom and dad were together. Right? Yeah. And your, and your dad sounds like he, he was a toxic guy. And And you also alluded to your mom later having low self-esteem. So perhaps she even had it at that point when you were a little girl. Oh, 100%. Yeah. She's, she spent her life in toxic relationships, which is so sad. Okay. So as a result of that, just that alone, what I can, uh, you know, surmise is that she probably showed you love, you know, greatly when you were with her, she probably, you felt safe when you were with her, but when your father came into the picture, she probably showed him a little bit more attention. Is that correct? Yeah, through self-preservation, I guess. Right, yeah. exactly, exactly. But she showed him a little bit more. So the love was, 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 was not taken away completely, but it was just altered ever so slightly, right? The reason why I'm going down this, this, this path is because this is called, have you heard about attachment theory? Yes. Okay, so this is exactly what attachment theory is. An attachment theory is the largest indicator of how we love as adults. Oh, shit. So this is why it's so important for us to understand our attachments, right? And I'm so glad we're talking about this. I don't even know we're going to be talking about this today. Attachment- <laughs> <laughs> this, 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 is, this is what I love is, is attachment. So 
there are basically, there, there, you know, you talk to five different therapists, you're going to hear five different types of attachment, but there's technically three main categories. Educate us, Paul. Let's do it. Let's break it down. One is, and you know, there will be a quiz after this. Okay. I'm prepared. One is secure attachment. That's when you, that's when you, as a, the earliest recollection of love, you feel as if you're always safe with the person who's showing you love. You feel as if their love is always consistent. No matter who enters the room, you always get this high level of love. That's, that's secure. Then you have anxious. Anxious is the category that I think you're in. Anxious is the category where the love giver gives love, but it's not consistent, right? They'll give love, but then someone enters the picture like your dad, and then they'll shift the type of love that they give, right? They'll give you a little bit less. They'll give them a little bit more, et cetera. That's anxious, right? Then you have the third category is called avoidant. Avoidant is the person who, when you, your earliest recollection of love, unfortunately, you just didn't get it right? You just were not loved. And when you look at us as adults, here's how it shows up. Secure is when you are secure. You're able to talk about your feelings. You're okay if you're in a relationship or not in a relationship. When you are avoidant, what do you think happens? When you're, you're like, I don't need no man. I can put this bed together myself. Yeah. Exactly. Mm. And then when, <laughs> when you're anxious, the one in the middle, what do you think happens? Is that when you get very insecure? Like, where are you going? Why are you going out without me? Can I look at your phone? Mm. Exactly. I need to be in a relationship, right? I must be in a relationship. Something's wrong with me if I'm not in a relationship, right? That's anxious. All of that is us, how we act as adults, but it is based on our earliest form of love, which is our attachment. So your larger question is, is like, Paul, what the hell do I do? right? Whether I'm avoidant or anxious. And by the way, you could be anxious avoidant as well, right? What, what do you do? The first thing that you do is it's always about self, right? You have to recollect. You have to understand what happened. You have to understand why it happened. And you have to forgive the fact that it happened, right? Okay. That seems very obvious. And I hadn't actually thought of that. I do feel like my mum and my dad, my dad um, had a German mother and he went to English boarding school and everyone called him a Nazi and he was terribly bullied and had quite an awful life. And my mum, the same way, her dad died very young and her stepfather, although he was a lovely granddad to me, he was not very nice to my mum. And now I'm thinking, now I'm saying this out loud. What happened to my mum is that her mother chose a man over her is exactly what happened to me. Fucking hell, Paul. I never realized that. I never realized that. This is you just hit the nail on the head is that what we do is we repeat the cycle because we don't realize. I'm not. I'm breaking that motherfucking chain. I'm breaking the chain. I'm telling you now, but I've broken it too far where I will not let anyone in my house. (laughs) (laughs) All right. right, Let's let's break it just a little bit. Right. But You know what? That could potentially be part of your mantra. Okay chain right because you are and i and actually i see it you are breaking the chain right and so what you so that the first part is is okay you recognize it you forgive it and by the way that's not just you just simply saying okay i forgive them that's putting it into practice right so for example how's the relationship with your mom right now um it's good but i would be lying if i said there weren't certain things that are still she still has this boyfriend in her life oh wow her my grandmother who's 95 and him all live together he routinely goes up to my 95 year old grandmother and shouts in her face I can't wait for you to die my grandmother um when I was pregnant last year she wasn't allowed to tell him because it would be another mixed race baby in the world that he would be upset about so I'm that there's definitely layers like she's amazing I think she's doing the best that she can with what she the knowledge that she has at this age of 75 how difficult it is to change at this age but I do hold resentments about certain things and uh, she's she's just a very old school in certain ways like you have to be a man you have to have a man to sort of be successful and I remember when I first had the babies she was like oh we've well, got yourself in this situation and I thought sorry what situation? I'm a 
business owner. I have two homes. I, I provide for myself. I've got three beautiful daughters. Number one podcast in the UK. Thank you very much. for There you go. There you go. There I, you go. To, <laughs> I have to get it in there at least once an episode. Um, yeah. So it's like, actually, how the fuck is this a situation? But to her, she just sees unmarried. And she actually said to me once, it's not my fault that you couldn't keep hold of your husband. And I had to remind her that I was the one that chose to get divorced. And actually, I know people laugh at that whole conscious uncoupling, but you know, when Gwyneth Paltrow did it, but I'm really all for conscious uncoupling, you know, getting out before it gets to the point where you can't speak. Like me and my ex-husband went to the beach the other day together with all three of my children. It was lovely. I had him and his boyfriend around for lunch. It's lovely. I see that as more of a success than staying married to someone for 25 years who is a is a toxic person for you. But she Absolutely. so we we differ very much. And the more that I learn and grow myself, the more I find myself at poles apart with her. Yeah. So my read on the situation is your mother is in a it, she's in a tough spot, right? Uh, she still suffers from probably some some self self love issues, self esteem, etc. And then her boyfriend is just straight toxic, right? Oh, the worst. Well, yeah, my 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 rule of thumb is you don't deal with toxic people. You just don't deal with them. You you right. So my suggestion here, because you still feel the resentment with your mother, is to make sure that you are able to present that to her. Because once you're able to present that to her, whether that be face-to-face, whether that be in a phone call, whether that be in a letter. I'm going to do a letter. Exactly. Once you're able to do that, you can now release. Once you hit, once you send the letter, you drop it in the mail, you now are, that chapter is done. You still love her. You'll still talk with her, but the resentment will be gone because you'll, you'll have everything that you, that like that's pent up inside, you'll have released it. Right? Yeah. Now, once you released it, you've now released everything that happened as a child. And now you are prepared to move on. Right. But that step must happen. It must I guess happen. I've never done that. I'm very aware. And that's what's confused me is I've been very aware of all these things. And I'm like, well, hang, hang on. How comes I'm aware of it, but I can't move on from it. But I think you're right. Physically doing something. And I mean, don't get me wrong. As a mother, everything else absolutely fantastic she's brilliant with my children she does everything she can to help me but it's just the way that she has these toxic relationships in her life it it kind of overrules everything else in my mind so I'm going to write a letter that's a brilliant suggestion and also have you ever tried EFT tapping ah I'm aware of it I I, I love it yeah but I'm aware but you see this is where you have to really applaud yourself right you you have done the work to become fully self-aware Right. Yeah. You're talking about things that, you know, your, your 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 mother probably has never come across. You know what I mean? And so you have already broken the cycle. And I think it's important for you to say that. And the reason why I bring this up, as, as you just mentioned, that is because I don't think your mantra is I will. You have. You've. Already oh, yeah, I have. It's the chain is gone. It's, but this is the problem. Right. So if anyone so much as says anything wrong or or does one little thing I'm like you have to get out of my house I can't speak to you anymore because I've got three young daughters and I know what it's like for your mum to be dating someone or even if that person's your own father and for that relationship to be chosen above you and so I think I've gone too far the other way now where I will tolerate nothing and I don't know where to get that balance and I want my daughters to know that I will always 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 choose them first um but how do I balance that with finding love? Because do you know what? A girl does need dick sometimes. And I would like some adult like company at times, you know? Like <laughs> these, these are important things. These are they important. Are. Uh, to, to some, these would be big things. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> that is a prerequisite. I'm glad you brought that up. <laughs> I just, just had to, you know, it's a Jamaican in me. I had to, had to go there. Um, so let me ask you this. All right. Where do you believe the problem is? You say the problem is, is that you don't tolerate anything. But but what exactly is that? Give me give me some context. So, for example, I guess the most recent situation where this has happened is with the father of my twins. Um, we broke up when I was like three months pregnant. I realized that relationship was really not right for many reasons. Um, but he's a great person and I think he'll be a great dad. 
And he was coming and seeing the twins once every couple of weeks in my home, even though we weren't together and things were a little bit tense. And he ended up kind of a couple of times telling me how I should parent my older daughter. And I think it came from a good place, but he would say things in front of her and like create tensions in front of her. And I don't know whether this is right or wrong. I've got a feeling it's probably wrong, but I won't argue in front of my children at all. Like even very young babies, even when I'm pregnant and I think they can hear you through the womb, I will not have arguments. I will not have people say toxic things. Like I just won't tolerate it. So I said to him, like, if you, if you make my daughter feel less than ever again like because she's a very shy child anyway and he was doing it in front of her and even my mum was like this isn't the time or place you shouldn't be talking about her in front of her she's four years old she's already got like um issues with sort of like confidence and stuff and you could see she was like she was really it was hurting her so I was like you need to get out of my house and not come back and so as a result he hasn't seen his children for two months now that's the kind of thing I mean Mm-hmm. I don't know whether I'm just being a really good mum there or if I'm just like I instantly shut down the second anything happens. You, you know, it, just hearing that, I think there were some things he could have done better. But also, sis, there were some things you could have done better. Yeah. In, in that. Um, let me just go right to, you know, if you set the rule that there's no, certain things that shouldn't be said in front of your daughter, then that needs to be respected, right? Both parent, no matter if that's his child or not, that needs to be respected. But you said one thing that really stands out to me, and that is you said, I won't argue in front of my child. Now, to me, I think it's important to be able to fight fairly in an argument, right? So in other words, you're going to always have disagreements, right? Mm. I have disagreements with my wife all the time, but our rule is we fight fair in our disagreements. Therefore, we can have our disagreements in front of our children. And by having our disagreements in front of our children, our children understand how we then communicate. So they now analyze, okay, here's the appropriate way to disagree, right? Mm. Because you, I mean, if you're going to hold on to your boundaries, you have to be able to disagree, right? And so I think that fighting fair, learning how to fight fair is a very important part of relationships, right? This is why I always say the best time to work on your marriage is before you get married. And then people say, Paul, what are you talking about? I'm talking about things like learning how to fight fair, learning how to communicate and listen, learning to become self-aware, learning to know, hey, you know, I like to have sex frequently versus infrequently, like all of these things, you have to become aware. Therefore, all of that helps you with your discernment so that you can pick the right partner, right? Yeah. This is, this is critical. Um, but I've, I have a quick question. So can you give me a issue that you've had recently with someone you have been dating or are you not even dating right now? Sorry. I have got... <laughs> I'm about to get it. <laughs> the audacity of it. We are in a UK fucking lockdown pool. I also have six month old twins that breastfeed on the hour every hour. I do not get a minute to my goddamn self. I've had to pay someone right now to take them out for a walk because like, no, I'm not dating. No. <laughs> I don't have fucking time, but that time will come. And I think it's going to be Christmas 2021. Okay. All right. I like it. Not Christmas day. That'd be weird. Yeah. But actually that's the hottest time to get into a relationship. You know, it It is that that's when, you know what? It's called the winter boo, the winter boo. Everybody wants. Because you don't want to be alone. But Paul, I don't want to fall into that trap. Do you know what? Lockdown has done crazy shit to people. So the other day I was sitting here by myself, surrounded by all these children. And I was like, maybe my ex wasn't so bad. Like, maybe I could tolerate him. And then I met up with my friend and she was saying about her ex that she's been trying to get away from for years, just moved out. And she was like, maybe I should go back. I was like, Susie, this is the lockdown talking. I'm telling you, this is lockdown. This is loneliness. This is not real. So I'm very aware that if I can go through this lockdown with young babies being alone, like, well, I'm not alone. I've got my beautiful daughters, but do you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't want to fall into the trap of having a lockdown boyfriend or a winter boyfriend. It's got to be, 
it's got to be the real thing. Have you got any single friends? Oh, I have a lot of single friends. Have you in oh, London, I, in England? Yeah, in, yeah, right here, right here. But mm. but I have to, but I have to say this. <laughs> this 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 is I have to go back. You say you don't want to get into that trap, right? What I believe is going to happen. Here's my prediction with you: is that you've done so much work on yourself, you have now become real. You know what I mean? And there's this whole notion of real recognizes real. You can also very quickly recognize people who've also done the work. You know people who are self-aware. You know people who have high self-esteem. You know this, right? So as a result, when you go back out and you start dating, you're going to be able to quickly identify people who fall into that category or push away people who don't. And therefore, I think you'll probably more quickly and slowly get back into a, a, a committed relationship. I oh my truly God, believe- this is exciting. Do you think that I should apply for Married at First Sight? <laughs> oh man, you know what? I would love for you to be at First Sight. Yeah, the only problem is I couldn't be away from my children. How long do you have to be away? Is it eight weeks? Yeah, it's seven weeks. Seven weeks you have to be away. Maybe next year, Paul. Maybe next year I'll be like, get me away from these children for well, seven I, weeks. I, I think you'll you'll have found someone. Do you think? I, I think so. I think so. Come on. You know, guys have to be sliding into your DMs right now. I know. Oh, not, not, let me just, not <laughs> one, not, not one. All I get is those, like, everyone has like 10 different Asian men saying, hello, lady, you look so pretty today. That's it. I'm not getting any real men. Do you know what? While I was pregnant, I had a local guy, like to where I live now, starting, like, actually, no, I'm, well, look, anyway, wh- however it happened, there's somebody local and we started messaging a little bit. And I was like, you can't do this. I'm not in the right stage of my life to be doing this. Do you know what I mean? I'm so busy. I'm so preoccupied. And it turns out he- he's not the one for me, but I just wonder, no, no one, sorry, the original question, no one slides in my DMs, no. <laughs> would, would you, all right, not, not to go crazy on this, but when you're ready, would you be against sliding into someone else's DMs? I will slide in so fast. I have no qualms about that. I'm very, I feel like I'm overly confident of my, myself because I would have no hesitation if there was someone I was like, oh, yeah, okay, I would. Okay, that's why you're going to win. I'm telling you, 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 you are ready. You, you are ready. It's just, it's just, you know, when I say you're ready, it's like mentally, like you're, you're there, you're ready. I think you write the letter to your mother, right? You acknowledge that. Also, every time that you are in a scenario where you feel a bit off, like you were with your ex in that, ar- that argument situation, I think that just make sure that you're taking a beat to think about it, right? Hmm. Make sure you wake up, you have your mantra, you have your affirmations and be bold with your approach, which most of the time people who are secure are very bold with, with their approach. You can't, you can't lose like that. You just can't. No, you're right. I do feel like I'm in a, I'm in a stage of my life now where I've got a lot to bring that. And also, yeah, not what they're just going to bring to me, but what I'm going to bring to them. I feel like I can bring so much more than I could have done in my twenties. Look, I might've been a lot skinnier back then and things would have looked a lot better, but no, I feel like now I'm so ready and I'm so right. I heard something that Tony Robbins does and he says, you have to write a list when you're looking for a soulmate you write a list of your absolute non-negotiables. And then when you meet someone, you will know, like if you've got it written down, it's really hard to go against that and be like, what are your non-negotiables? What are your non-negotiables, do you think, if you're looking for a partner or when you were? All right. So first, that advice, I love Tony Robbins. He, he's, he's my boy. Um, but that is a little dangerous. Do you think? Yes, because most people are not self-aware. So therefore, they'll write things on non-negotiables like, oh, he needs to be six feet or, t- or taller. I made that mistake. Yes. See, mm. and, and once you become self-aware, you truly understand what non-negotiables are. And I'll even say this in terms of, you know, I've been a matchmaker for, for over 10 years. And it's interesting because I've worked with every age range. And when you work with someone who is like in, in their 70s, my oldest client, she was in the late 70s. She had nothing on the non-negotiable other than he has to be able to walk up a flight of stairs. He has to be alive. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Walk up a flight <laughs> of stairs. <laughs> okay. 
Now think about that. It's funny, right? Oh, I need to walk up a flight. But think about that. Then think about the typical 40-year-old client that I had, whether it be male or female. They had 150 items that, they, that the person needed to have. Now, what's the difference between the two? The 76-year-old has lived life and mm-hmm. understands how important the few years left are. And so you think about that. I found that most people who, are, who enter successful relationships have a very small list. of Interesting. Those that have a long list are people who typically don't stay in relationships for long. So are you more just going on the vibe of the person? Is that what we're doing now? Because I feel like when I was younger, I was definitely like, he has to be over six foot six. He has to live in zone one or two in London, like, because I ain't traveling. He has to have all these different things. And that clearly did not work out for me. And I feel like now, I feel like there are a few stipulations, like they have to add more to my children's lives than they take away. If it takes me away from my children, then no. But if they add to it, then that's like a big one for me. But I do feel like it's more... And I've only really experienced this with friends, but where you meet someone and you just want to be around them, like you're magnetized to them and you just want to be around them. That's what I'm kind of going on for the next relationship I have is do I feel that or not? Yeah. You know what I mean? Rather than a list. Exactly. So someone who is highly self-aware and not to go crazily into, you know, Maslow, but if you are borderline what he calls self-actualized which there's very few people in this world are actually self-actualized. I actually think that you are either there or, or close to being there. What? Once you're there, yeah, what, once you're there to being self-actualized, you could do exactly what you said. And that is, is you can just kind of feel the vibe. But for most, most of the world, they ha- I would suggest the following. Go on every date possible, right? And ask yourself two things on the date. Are you physically attracted to the person? And did they listen to you? Ask yourself those two questions. That's it. Doesn't care if they're in zone one or two. Like, just ask yourself those two questions. If the answer to both is yes, that means you have chemistry, right? You have chemistry. Then you could proceed to the next stage. If the answer to either one of those is no, they didn't listen to you or you're not physically attracted, don't proceed, stop, don't pass go, don't collect 200. Really? Exactly. Now, what's the next stage? The next stage, is is the yeah. most important stage. That is, do our values align? So do important. Values align. Now, you need two things to identify if values align. One is you have to know your values. Hello, right? A lot of us don't know what our values are. You have to do that work. And mm-hmm. then secondly, you have to, here's the key word, observe their values. Not listen, but observe. Why? Because everyone's going to talk a good game. Oh, yeah, I love family. Oh, yeah, I love kids. Oh, yeah, I'm a hard worker. Yeah, right. Instead, observe them over time and see if the actions show, especially in tough times. Because when we are in adverse, tough, challenging times, we show up as our true self. And then you could see, wow, someone passes away in your family. Is he there? with you? Is he immediately drop what he's doing and come immediately to see you? Or is he like, all right, I just wanted to send you a text and check in, right? You could begin to assess. He says he loves family. Does he call his mother, right? And when's the last time he's even talked about his family? You know, you want to observe. So that's the next stage. Do the values align? Then if you've checked off that the values align, then you have to ask yourself three simple questions. Does this feel like someone I can share my inner self with? I could be completely vulnerable with. The answer to that is yes. Is this someone who I just like being around? Do I enjoy their company, right? And then last but not least, is this someone who I trust? Mm. I trust this person. If you trust them, you enjoy being around them, and you could be vulnerable with them, guess what you have? True love. There you go. You have true love. Do you know what? As you were saying that, I was mentally going through my last relationship. (laughs) And I was like, dang, (laughs) I fucked up. (laughs) I fucked up on every goddamn level. Do you know what? Coming from a very controlling marriage that was everything, nothing was my say. It was very difficult. 
I think I purposely went for the complete opposite. And on our very first date, I remember getting into the car and being like, oh, I don't find him attractive. Like he's a very attractive person, but I didn't find there wasn't that initial thing. And I remember I gave it three more dates. What? Why? Why did I do that? And that initial attraction was not there. And it did grow a little bit. And then hang on. What was the second stage? Uh, uh, so it's listen. Oh, so yeah. First is, yeah. Did he listen to you? Not hear did you, but listen. He's listen. definitely not done as much work. Like when I mention some things to him, he's like, what? Like he's just not, he's not there at all. The second one was the whole family thing and the values. In a year and a half of dating, I never once met a single family or friend. Oh, ever. And I remember saying to him, if we ever have a baby, I'm not suddenly meeting your family because I've got your child. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm done. Like I'm come on. And I never was introduced to a single family member or friend. I never was never introduced to any part of his life whatsoever. So I think that's why when I walked away, it was so easy for me just to be like, this isn't even a relationship anyway. This is bullshit. Um, so if I paid attention to that, I think someone having a family that can be a part of mine is a really important thing for me because for me, I'm always around my family. So I don't want it to always just be one-sided. So if I'd listened to your advice back then, God damn it. um, I would have also known at stage two, nah, cross it (laughs) off. Um, And, and yeah, I think when you often find yourself, I remember we were dating and lockdown came into force and we'd never lived together, but we were talking about it. And I remember thinking, okay, lockdown's here. I either spend 24-7 with this person or no time at all. And I chose no time at all because I prefer my own company. I'm fucking fun to be around, let's be honest. (laughs) So uh, I get to watch what I want on Netflix. I can eat what I want without anyone having a go at me. It's great. Um, So, yeah, actually applying, I'm going to listen back to this and write it down. And I am going to apply that method to any future dating because that's, that's that's good advice. I tell you, I that's I guarantee you will come across success by following that. Right? It's hard to because it, it's a lot of work on self, but you absolutely will, absolutely. Oh, how exciting! I do want to. I've, can I just ask you what are you doing for time? Are you? I I am. Uh, I have. Uh, what is it? I, I have some time. I have like, okay. like fifteen, and then I'm doing. Um, I'm actually doing a a BBC something. exciting Mm -hmm. um so i have some questions from our lovely listeners because i realize it's not just my podcast it's theirs too and they might want to ask you a question so if you don't mind i have a question emma jane launchbury says i'm divorced and i've been engaged twice since but i can never manage the further commitment what am i doing wrong my whole family is a big long line of divorce is it in my genes to die alone which i found hilarious sorry jane (laughs) is she gonna die alone or not ball no not so the first is her story right she's already she's she i can tell that she believes that divorce is in her family and therefore she can't break the cycle so the first thing is she needs to change her story. She, you, you must change. If you, want, if you want your life to change, you have to first change the story that you tell about your life, right? So that's the first place, right? That's the first place. The second is, is just because these, divo- these engagements break up doesn't mean it's a bad thing. Because sometimes you get engaged to bad people or the wrong person. So don't always look at that as a bad thing. The third is I would go back and I would review everything that you and I just talked about those stages, because if she's not feeling physically attracted and maybe he's not feeling physically attracted, if she's not listening, maybe he's not, I mean, maybe she's not listening to him, right? Is there the alignment of values? If all of those things are in place, then the marriage should happen. But let me just say the one thing about marriage, this is very important, is there are a lot of, unfortunately, there are a lot of men out here that are easy to get engaged, but slow to get married, right? Mm. Easy to get engaged, slow to get married. And every bit of evidence suggests that if you're with someone who gets engaged and then you don't get married relatively quickly, like within the next two years, then if you eventually get married, it'll end in divorce or you'll never get married, right? Really? Absolutely. So you want to know that 
if you if, if somebody puts a ring on your finger or you put a, or fellas, if you're listening, you put a ring on someone's finger, you also need to have a date that you plan to get married with that ring. Otherwise, someone's basically just put a deposit on you for like a couple of thousand pounds. And that's what you're worth. You, you know, I've never looked at it like that, but that's exactly what it is. They put down they only put down a little deposit. That's it. Yeah. Okay, I've got another question from one of our top listeners. And I know this because she seems to comment on everything I do. Her name is Sarah Costello. And this is actually a few people ask this question. And I feel like you are the perfect person to answer it. So she says, when you've been with someone a long time, in my case, 17 years, how to keep things exciting when you've both changed so much over the years, you obviously still love each other. But does that kind of love change over that time? How can you make it fresh and exciting again? Sarah, this is such a great question. You know, I talk often that I've been married for 20 years and I physically feel like I'm more attracted, love my wife more today than I did 20 years ago. Wow. Yeah. And I think about like, so why, like really, why is that? The key to me is about experiencing new things together, right? What oftentimes happens is you're in a relationship for five years, 10 years, 17 years, like Sarah, and you just get into a routine. You're doing the same thing over and over. You wake up the same time. Friday's the same. The weekend's the same. You add kids to it. It becomes even more regular. So my biggest suggestion is become irregular, right? Add different things all the time. So start with making sure that maybe every Wednesday and Saturday is date night. But every Wednesday and Saturday, you commit never to have the same date. You're always doing different things, right? This is very important. Another thing that's very important is that you are experiencing new things together. Oftentimes people talk about dopamine and oxytocin, right? But let's think about this for a second. Dopamine, which gets excreted from the brain, is a bonding agent. It's a bonding agent. And what that means is that when you do new things that are big thrills with someone Uh, dopamine shoots from the brain and you bond with them, which is why oftentimes you look at TV or you look at um, like everyone says, uh, what is it like dancing with the stars we have in the US, but you always see that those couples, they end up breaking up with their real life partners and getting together. Yes. The reason why is because they're experiencing these new highs together, dopamine shooting, other things are excreting, you know, and bottom line is there's, there's a connection. So my point here is, Sarah, with your husband of 17 years, make sure you two are doing new things together. Maybe there's a, maybe like, have you ever tango danced together, right? Um, Maybe you could take flight lessons. You could take piano lessons together. You could say that you're going to go travel somewhere. You're going to go backpacking together. You're going to jump off a cliff together. Like do new things together and also make your uh, schedule irregular. And I guarantee you, you'll see some of that sexiness, some of that excitement come back. That's so interesting you say that, because I think when people talk about spicing up old relationships, people instantly think, oh, God, I'm going to have to dress up as a fucking nurse or something. And just you just don't want to do that with someone that's been doing your laundry for 20 years. But actually, you're so right. Just by doing things that are exciting, that is that's the best advice I've heard today. Um, So for everyone that asked that, because there was a lot of you that have been in long term relationships that's what you need to do. Take up tango or something. Um, hang on. There was one more question that I thought was quite good. Oh, so Jane is kind of in the same situation as me, but she says, I was in relationships where I've been hurt and let down. I've been single for over a year now, totally independent, just me and the dog. But now I've got so many barriers up that I can't imagine ever getting close to someone again. Now, I can't imagine it. Um, while I'm happy to be single now, how do I eventually want to meet someone and let someone in? Will I be an ice queen forever? I feel the same way. I can't even imagine having someone in my life now how do we go from especially you've got to think during lockdown we've been living these really isolated uh like a little unit of life where you're just on your own how do you open that up again to to letting someone in yeah this is a great question the first is to understand that having boundaries up is a good thing like i think pop culture and media makes it like like if you have boundaries up you're an ice queen no, if you have boundaries up, you just love yourself. You know what I mean? There's and you've got standards. You stand exactly. Yeah. Like there's nothing wrong with that, right? That's one. So change that script, change that narrative. The second thing is change what I call your inspirational, aspirational, 
and instructional content. What does that mean? What that means is if you want to change your mindset, you have to change the content that you consume. But what we don't realize is that a lot of the content that we consume is through friends and family, through coworkers, through crappy TV shows that we watch, (laughs) right? Through, um, you know, whatever, right? Movies, crappy movies. So instead, make sure that you have a good amount of inspirational content. What is that? That's actually this podcast. You know what I mean? That, that's, that's what it is. It's that content that says, you know what? It is possible for me to get into a relationship. That's, that's inspiration, right? Having someone else, you, right? Going through this relation, going through your process is teaching someone, wow, I can actually do it myself. So that's inspiration. Second, aspiration. Get people into your life, maybe it's through a podcast like this, or maybe it's through mentors, a therapist, et cetera, who say, you know what? I've actually done it, right? I'm proof that you can have the relationship that you want, right? And then last but not least, instructional. Get around content with people who can tell you how to do it, like this podcast, like a great book, right? Like a great uh, webinar, et cetera. Get around more inspirational aspirational and instructional content. If you do that and also realize that your boundaries mean that you have standards, you'll be in great shape. That is such great advice. It's not a boundary. It's a fucking standard. And also, I think when you're talking about changing your content, it's sometimes, I think, not even super obvious. Like you don't need to follow a relationship coach on Instagram. I think it's even things like I was very aware when I was younger, before I went on dates, I used to listen to Amy Winehouse. Now, Amy Winehouse, the whole thing was I'm heartbroken. I'm dying. I hate men. And I realized actually that was affecting the dates I went on. And if I listened to Amy Winehouse before I went on a date, the date would be shit. Um, so it's, I think it's even things like the music you listen to, make sure you're not listening to anything that's like heartbreaking. I hate men or, or super like independent shit that has its time and space, but don't make, you know, make sure it doesn't drag on. But also even little things like I find, do you, have you ever seen escape to the chateau? No. <laughs> <gasps> Paul, you are missing it's, out. You are really? missing out. It's about this British couple and they sell their house in London and they buy this huge chateau in the south of France. It's not in the south of France, it's in France. And they're just doing it up. Now, he's quite a lot older than her. And people listening to this might be like, how is that going to help me find a man? But actually seeing this couple taking on a project together, they never argue. I'm sure they argue in private, but it's that gives me faith in love. And it's not a relationship show. It's not a let's find love show. It's a show about decorating a fucking chateau. Do you know what I mean? But that gives me faith in relationships. So it could just be things like that. Don't you agree? That is aspirational. That's a perfect example of aspirational. And also I'm writing that down because I'm looking for some good stuff to watch. Oh, it's called, what is it called? Escape Escape to the Chateau. You are going to love it. You and Jill need to settle in with a bottle of wine. Sorry, because there's about eight seasons and it's incredible. It's so good. Um, And she's married to this older man called Dick and he can do everything like dick build me a helter skelter made out of these two bits of wood and he's like okay and off he goes and he, oh it's brilliant you're gonna love it um but actually i do have a vision board full of couples that i find inspirational so i have them on there and i also have um have you seen do you know uh vogue williams and spencer you must know them i forget that you're american it's because you see you're always on british tv so there's a lady called vogue williams and she's married to a guy called spencer matthews who used to be in made in chelsea and he was the biggest slag you've ever met like he was a dick like no one liked spencer and he would always cheat on his girlfriends then they got this reality show they've got together she's like a very strong independent woman i think he needed someone like that and you suddenly see this Spencer in a completely different light. Like he's a new person. He doesn't seem like the same person. They've got two children now. And actually that as well just makes me think someone's trash is someone else's treasure. Like just because you've been bad for someone. And I, do you know the fucking phrase I hate more than anything is like sloppy seconds. No one is a fucking sloppy second. Like someone else's trash is your goddamn treasure. Date your best friend's ex-boyfriend. It might be the love of your life. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like your old stepdad. Is he hot? I don't know. Not not while your 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 best friend is dating them, you know, just yeah. (laughs) Or or give us some time. Yeah. No, but I I agree. I agree. I mean, I think that 
we are victims to like pop culture. And it's so wild for me to say this because I know I'm on TV, right? Uh, but I think TV to a certain extent has done such a massive detriment to relationships because what happens on TV or on social media is whatever is loud gets attention, mm. right? But oftentimes, you know, the things that make relationships work are very unsexy. You know what I mean? And so you won't see those on TV. You won't see those on social media, but yet we need to know more about those things. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's what we were saying in the last episode, isn't it? It's how it's just consistently making bids for love over a long period of time. It's no, it's not a grand gesture. It's not something you do once. It's just something you do every day. So I guess that's what I've got to fucking do. I need to, do you know, what? I'm going to go on Tinder and I'm going to go on Bumble, but not yet. I'm, I'm, watch out boys I think Christmas 2021 the babies are not going to be as reliant on me mama's going to have some free time oh yeah and it's, it's, it's going to be on it's going to be watch on. out <laughs> but until then keep doing the work keep oh yes the work yes completely I'm gonna I'm gonna write the letter to my mum, and I guess for everyone if you find yourself if you've identified your love blockage address it like we've been saying today, address whatever it is. It could be writing a letter to your ex. Should I write a letter to my ex-husband? No. no w- well, do you feel resentment? That's the real question. Do you know what's so bizarre is I feel nothing but appreciation for my ex-husband. I look back so fondly. There's a lot. Of, if he wasn't such a toxic person, there's so many things that he did that were so right. And I think it could have been so perfect. But no, I don't need to do that. Okay, I'm not going to write a letter to him. Should I create a vision board? I've got my couple's vision board. Do you think having that's good? Oh, yeah. Having that is good. Have you done your values assessment to really? No, I have not. I've got it in my mind, but I feel like I need to actually like anyone that is um, a Tory, like a conservative and likes Boris Johnson. It ain't going to happen. Ah, but see, you just made. uh, (gasps) Oh, shit. No, really? You made a little mistake. Okay. And this everyone does this. I say, identify your values. You notice what you just did? You just said, well, if. He better not have these things. No, no, no. The values are not about him. The values, that is you. So in other words, think about it this way. Think about what is your code of life? I don't know. So I tell you, I did an Instagram post. I'm, I'm now going, actually, I'm going to send it to you right now, where I, because I have uh, over 50 codes that I've written. So I've thought about these over years, wrote them. And I live by these. I live or die on these. Okay. Uh, why did we not mention this earlier? I need this call. <laughs> I fell at the first fucking hurdle. It's a good job I said to you, right, this is what I'm going to do. Because I fucking fell at the first hurdle. Okay. Tell me the code. What do I need to do in my life? So what I want you to do is I want you to write. So this is your homework now. Uh, the letter to, to your mother, right? And then I want you to, all right, here it is. I want you to write your code. So this is your, you could derive your values from the code, but I want you to write your code. And I, I wrote here, um, uh, what is it? I wrote, uh, I, I disclosed maybe like 20 of them, write at least 10, but I'd love for you to write a little bit more, right? Okay. Codes that you live by. The beauty about these codes is you'll be able to quickly see what your values are and you'll be able to tell now what your standards actually are. Not just repeating what everybody says. Oh, yeah, don't blah, blah, blah. No, no, no. You'll have your own standards. And then this becomes part of your mantra, your affirmation. You remind yourself of these, right? You write down these code. You remind yourself. This is my code. So, for example, family above everything is one of mine. Family above everything. So if I get a TV opportunity in Ghana, if I can't bring my family now, no, sorry, family above everything. Right. So you have this, this, this code. So I truly believe this is going to help to change you. So that's your, I won't give you too much homework, just the letter to your mom and then write your code. And I'll, you'll see my code just as an example, but remember your code is your code. Okay. So I do between 10 and 20, you said. Yeah. I mean, I'd love for you to do up to 25, like the more, the merrier, you know, uh, but at least do 10, at least 10. Okay. So if I do meet someone, but he is a Tory, that's okay. Well, well, so, but what's your code? Is your code that like, what, what is the code? 
I don't know what a code is. I don't know. <laughs> is it like like my sta- like my boundary like they like for example my children must benefit from this relationship it mustn't take away. That could be. From their life. Yeah, that could be. That That's I, my I, number one code. Okay. That and you say that right now, but I think as you go deep and you do the work, you may have code a code that actually surpasses that fuck those little bitches let them get on send them to nursery and uh, I'm off on holiday with my Greek husband (laughs) okay all right so I'm gonna work out my codes I've got my vision board full of inspirational couples and I'm doing that as a part one of my vision board because I'm not ready to be putting on there uh it being in my life that's how far I'm not ready like I, I like to just admire aspirational couples from afar and then I shall start to bring it into my life because I'm very much at the stage where I'll see people in relationships and I see the worst parts because that's what I'm tuned into. Mm. You know, on holiday, I see the couples arguing and I sit there going, ha ha, at least that's not me. So I need to change that. Also in terms of, uh, I am terrible for listening to Lana Del Rey, Adele, Amy Winehouse, anything where they're like, we hate men, we're a counter. Nah, I need to get rid of that, don't I? Yeah, well, not get rid of it, but try to just balance it. Try to make sure that you're getting as much inspiration and aspiration as you are. He's a loser. Yes. No, I can't listen to no scrubs on repeat. Yeah, TLC no, blaring no, out my car. Don't do that. <laughs> you, you, you know, what's crazy is I have to go. It's one. That's all right. That's perfect. Thank you so much. Shall I update you in six months where I am? I might be married. I might not. No, please update me. And also, once you have finished your code, let me know. Okay. And then I'll even go through your code. I'll give you feedback. So once you've written the code, let me know. Thank you so much. And I'll see you next year on Married at First Sight. I'll be there. I, I, I I think you'll be in a relationship by next year. That's my prediction. Okay, let's see if you're right, Mystic Meg. Thank you for coming. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye-bye, bye-bye. I'll see you. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Okay, so again, apologies for not being able to edit that down at all. You've had me in your ear for a fucking hour. I do apologise. But thank you for listening. If you like this podcast, please do subscribe. Please rate it, share it all that good stuff. Um, and I will see you next week. Oh, and you can come find me on Instagram if you like. I'm at Francesca Amber or at Law of Attraction Changed My Life. I shall see you next week. The Law of Attraction Changed My Life is going to change yours too. Bye. What up, bitches? It's no secret that reading has changed my goddamn life. I think it's incredible that people put their entire life's work, their teachings into a book that often costs less than £10. It's incredible to me. And I am so thankful to all of the authors that have helped me on my self-development journey. And, you know, I have the UK's biggest self-development book club. There's over 3,000 of us reading along each month. But maybe you're thinking, Fran, I ain't got time to read. Who do you think I am? Barbara Cartland? No, you are busy. You are girl bossing it. You are living your goddamn life. And I get that. I see that. I hear it and I value it. And that's where Audible can come in. If you find yourself only with the time to be able to listen to something, but to not sit and physically hold a book, maybe you have a physical job like um, cleaning or whatever, where you are using your hands, or maybe you're a crafter. And you want to be able to just listen to something and to learn on the go. Or maybe you're driving a lot and you're able to listen to a book, but you know, it's illegal to read a book and drive, bitches. Don't try it. Then Audible may be for you. I have a 30-day free trial that you can have a little go at and see if it's for you. You can download millions of books to your phone or to your laptop or whatever you fucking want and listen to it wherever you are. Um, So check it out. Um, I'll leave the link down below. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. 
Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com